homeland kits for the for 2020, Mike. Your home, your homeland kits for 2020. Ah, oh, I like it. I like it. All right, we're all on this stuff too. Let's talk to Uber. All right, nice. Y'all want y'all want to start the podcast? Oh yeah, we can do that. All right, you bet. We can do that there. Do you want to get to work? Welcome. We we're we're 22. Yeah, I like that. Welcome, 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 welcome to Marking Misfits, episode 22 of the. Of the Mark and Misfits podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am Mike Summers. Jeff McHenry. Ryan Chappelle. Stu Cornelius. Yes. We get that Jamaica phone. I went old school for you this time, Stu. I like this. He's busy shopping. <laughs> He's a beer bomb. I do have it. I was waiting for that. I was like, I hope he responds to that. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> oh, man. 2020, we are on the way. Yeah. I think about old school songs, like right when you be ready for the beat to drop, you don't know where you're dropping. <laughs> Mike really be in DJ mode. That's because they, <laughs> they old school. They had they had legit like two old talking. school records. Yeah, they just talking. Like, he, like we still talking. Yeah, we, like, <laughs> we, don't, and we don't even know who we yelling out. We just he cooked about four burgers on the grill by now. <laughs> Meanwhile, there the DJ sweating, going back and forth between two records. I like, just played the song. <laughs> We realize we can be here. Iggy went to the heat. Real, real barbecue. Yeah. Real, real, real barbecue. Uh, it's February. We're a long way for, from a barbecue. Do y'all know what like non-black or Hispanic people do at barbecues? What are these? I'm, just, I'm, like, I'm, I'm very curious. I don't know if, I never, uh, if I've ever been to a... I don't think I've ever been. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever... Yeah, Hispanic people dance at barbecues. No, I, I would tell you... No, you know what? I've, I've been to... We're so culturally we insensitive. Do. I've been there. <laughs> I've been to one before. It's not as... What happened there? What was on the menu? <laughs> well, I was thinking about that, too. Were there raisins in the potato salad? Guys, so guys... Hispanic people pre-cook all their meat, and then they put it on the grill. Yes, to get char, char and on then, it. And it delicious. There's a lot of dancing, a lot of drinking. Mm-hmm. Then you people eat. be parking on the lawn. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I, so on the other side, I've been to, you know, going to high school in Maryland. I have very white friends. Um, from the, from <laughs> not the, normal white friends. No, no, no. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Very white friends from that. From you, you know, you, you pick up people along the way in your journeys in life, right? Either you grew up in a place like like me, East Flatbush, and then you go to a place that's you know predominantly white for the most part, but still has diversity, and and you you know you try to learn more about other cultures before you go out into the real world, and so 
Yeah, it's it's not the same. I can tell you that. It's like it's a lot of stuff getting thrown on the grill. It's a lot, a lot of beer. Of hot dogs. It's a lot of hot dogs, a lot <laughs> of burgers. It's not it's not like I feel like black barbecues it's like real three, food. It's real food, but it's like courses, my G. Like <laughs> it's like it's like fam. We got the kebabs on first. Yeah. We got the burgers, the chicken, the hot the dogs, rice. the sausages yeah. on the ribs. after yep. the ribs. The rice. You know what I'm saying? The rice and then potatoes. There's definitely a pie. There's definitely some ice cream. It's it's it's, it's a it's a it's a whole event. It's so true. Like That's true. you gotta go through chapters. Yeah. In that joint. And then I didn't even touch on the different there's a dance chapters. There's, there's dance chapters. chapters. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. the early, you know. There's the early like Alicia Myers. I want to thank you portion, and then there's the cha cha slide, electric slide, joint, and then there's the you know the up to date what's going on right now. And then there's you know some arguing. Then there's always oh, there's arguing. definitely some arguing. There's car arguing. There's there spades in the corner. <laughs> well, you, you know, know every time Hispanics go to like a white party, they're like, we better eat before we get there because you just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's real true. shit. There's never real food. There's like chips shit. and like hot dogs. I'm like, that's, that's not real, real food. Shit. My stepdad used to always say this, and and this is like going. Like these to, curves don't come down. You gotta make sure the food tastes good. So true. Yeah, my stepdad's the same way. He's like, yo, anytime we go out to a place, we be like, yo, we eating first. And this is going to like West Africa. Because we get there, there's no food. You gonna be you gonna be sick if there's no food. You gonna be upset. So you might as well go ahead and all right, let's get to work. So where are we talking about? I know this is how like every like I think like black Hispanic like meeting starts. It's like five minutes. Just bullshitting. That's true. Before the tequila shots start flowing. Yeah, yeah that's real. That's that's real. If you're real a team quick. that gets like a little bit too black, you're like, we got to work at some point. Yeah. <laughs> we got to talk. It's, uh, it's worse when it's black and like really Afro Latinx people. It's yeah. like, oh. It's like, mm, I, you know, white people keep us productive. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's real talk. Legit. It's true. They've been doing it for centuries. For, yeah. If it wasn't for them, there would be no time. <laughs> Yo. Yeah, I'm done, I'm it's done. real <laughs> it's real fam cause everywhere else in the world time is implied son in America it's like no bring your ass it's real alright alright we're good, we're good. let's get the word let's get the word this podcast is no longer brand <laughs> no it's, it's the realest thing ever and, and a lot of global brands yeah. have the same thing like yeah. if you do business in different countries yep. you gotta adhere to yeah. the cultural differences yeah. and if, if we doing a two hour lunch yo ass is doing a two hour lunch with us we said, we said. Yeah. get rid of Mike and get some advertising <laughs> get rid of me too like <laughs> I'm out of control alright alright um, so we were going to do uh, two um, two conferences that kicked out the year. One was uh, CES, but I think we kind of went around horn and people not building the CES joint. Um, no. I was going to say, can we just describe what CES is first? Or? Yeah, let's do two minutes on it. Uh, I'll say a minute. But... Consumer Electronics. <laughs> 30 seconds. <laughs> Consumer Electronics Show. It's meant to highlight new technology coming into the space. So it happens in... January, the worst timing ever. Right after, right after the right holidays. After so the first week in January. It's the first week of January? First Damn. week of January. Right after the suits have been cooped up with their family for the whole yep. holidays. You go to Vegas. I see your coworkers. <laughs> that's, a second, <laughs> that's a second problem is in Vegas. Oh, shit. So, that, 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 I would say that does add to the anxiety that people get yeah. of going to CES. Yeah. So hmm. CES is a t- technology company. So it, it was, it, I originally was meant to be 
you know, tech companies wanting to learn about new technology <clears throat> and, and people who LGs. are interested in new technology. Mm -hmm. And it has evolved into an advertising conference mm -hmm. too. So there's a lot of advertisers, a lot of agencies, a lot of media uh, people, the iHeart, the Facebook, the Twitter, mm -hmm. everybody's there. Mm -hmm. And then there's like a global crowd that comes to CES to experience this new technology. So I knew And that Vegas. In Las Vegas, <laughs> in January. They, they come to, in, to experience Vegas. <laughs> yeah, so I knew I was in the wrong place when I saw uh, an airplane full of like Chinese people like mm -hmm. getting off in Vegas and going to CES. I'm like, okay, this is definitely an irre irrelevant crowd for me because, you know, as an as someone that works in advertising, I want the most relevant people there. And someone from other countries, people from other countries you don't are deal not, with them. Right, yeah. we, don't, we don't really work with them. So... It's a massive conference. Um, I was there for the first time this past January. Uh, definitely cool if you're into technology and if you're into mm, learning I'll new trends. If you're exactly, you can read about it. You can experience it. There's a whole floor where you go around and you kind of experience all the new technology from mm -hmm. Samsung, from the car companies, mm -hmm. from the telco companies. Um, so if you're into that stuff, it's awesome. If you're into advertising like me, it's definitely very cluttered. And that's new. The car portion yeah. is new. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the car po the car portion was huge huge this year. Yeah. And I uh, so I don't, I don't know that much about CES because um, I've never been. Um, Lucky you. Yeah, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Didn't they have it like in New Orleans or Atlanta or something? No, it's always no, Las Vegas. 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 I, I don't know who. I do get the perception that. that it's gotten so large that it is is. Counterintuitive. It is, and mm -hmm. and higher, yeah. yeah, and higher ups and companies. This is what they know because their friends are there, and and they're mm -hmm. getting connected to it. But it's not necessarily the most relevant thing. Nope. It's just it's just what you know and what's big. Yeah. And I think uh, advertising has taken over the whole conference. So absolutely. You have That's all of these media platforms, advertisers. So there's a whole bunch of people, like media people. So between like the CES technology program mm -hmm. and the advertising program, the agency program, and then your company's program, you just don't know where to go. It's, it's like 500,000 people wow. in, in Vegas. So instead of CES this year, what I went to um, in January was the brand storytelling conference, and at, which is um, relatively new. I think a few years mm -hmm. uh, old inside of Sundance. Um, that already sounds better. Oh, it's so much better. It already sounds way better. It is so much better. It is focused on uh, long-form content. Um, very creative. Um, one of those places that you'll go, if you get nothing, you'll get inspiration. That's like dope. It, yeah. It's big. That's dope. It, you, you'll leave feeling like creatively inspired. Um, I think South by Southwest does that too. Yeah. Uh, I put, also now starting to tread that line of... It's, it's getting big. Yeah, you know it what I'm saying? Big. It is getting big. Yeah. I went last year, though. It wasn't there yet. But yes, there are pockets, but it's so big that yeah. you can find your pocket that yes. still is, is very authentic. I'm really big on like the merger of what I call like real work marketing to boardroom marketing. And I'm not big on like places that you just go and you're looking at a whole bunch of panels. Mm -hmm. um, Amen. But versus like I'm actually like healing it for mm -hmm. some reason where it'd be like me talking to people at the bar or like seeing activations around me mm -hmm. or yeah. seeing content that's really moving me. Um, so I think what we'll do in this episode is spend a little time kind of going through some of my takeaways on the brand storytelling conference. And, um, I want to get a few of you guys per perspective on it. Cool. Um, so first thing, this wasn't the first presentation. Um, but it, it I think it, it sets a really good ground for it. Um, it's actually Twitter, um, presented and Twitter presented and they were talking about, um, so a couple of ways that, that brands have to activate on, 
on Twitter and when you're specifically talking about long form content. So one, we've kind of gone to this area of you have to catch people's attention in two seconds. And mm. now behavior is starting to shift towards like, how do you actually give me something that makes me want to lean in and watch your app for two minutes? Um, so as a, you look at, and I, and I, and I don't know if they said this or not, but if you look at things like IGTV, mm-hmm. if you look at things like um, uh, binge watching on streaming, like people are sitting down and watching a piece of content for a longer <laughs> piece of time, but give me a reason to don't, don't only just like flash the ad in front of me yeah. real quickly. Yeah. Um, and the way they talked about two ways of doing that was humanizing your voice and exchanging value. And um, a really great execution they talked about doing this was the Disney Plus execution. Um, and Stu, actually, I think you know a lot about the execution. So I was going to say he knows about yeah, both of those. I, I would yeah. say I would say a couple of things is that wasn't that wasn't a relationship that you know just started out of nowhere. It was an execution that started with, ironically, um, Black Panther. Um, that is the first time I believe that Disney was like, oh shit, like Twitter really does move the needle. And, and because we were able to measure it with Nielsen and a bunch of other, um, third party measurement sites, we were able to show that there's a direct correlation between conversation and people going to, to an actual ticket sales. And so when you can drive that, that correlation where you can really go by ROAS, you know, return on ad spend and be like, oh, fam, like the generation of or the generation of that conversation, the Black Panther challenge and all, all things that can only really reside on a platform like Twitter added to the residual effect and the branding of this movie that we knew was going to be big, but they didn't know it was going to be one point five billion dollars yeah. big. And once they had that data point for us, it was very easy to sell them on the idea or the premise. It's not even an idea. It's been proven at this point that the conversation and word of mouth, this is all shit you've known since you were a kid. Like your mama used Tide and tells her friend she used Tide and everybody else in the neighborhood (laughs) uses Tide. It's the same thing. It's, you know, I want to see. Great example. I went to go see Bad Bad Boys for Life. Thought it was mm-hmm. thought it was awesome. You know what I'm saying? Fantastic. Good, fun, action, cool, drama, you know, humor, all that stuff. And I told everybody else that would ask me about it the same thing. Twitter allows you to do that, but to millions and millions of people. And so Disney understood that and they knew that they're launching this platform. It's a paid subscription platform. They know that Hulu's been in the space. They know that Netflix has been in the space. How do we penetrate the market in, in a way that's something different? The thing that they had that's that's, you know, their competitive advantage is they have nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Disney has been able to monetize nostalgia, which as marketers, you're like, what took you so long? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Nostalgia is not a thing. That's a, I mean, I would say within the last five to eight years, like we've been talking about nostalgia forever. You see these memes about all the things the iPhone did that we used to use like 17 different devices to do. So they've now leaned into the fact that if we can drum up enough conversation on a Twitter on a platform like Twitter, we'll be able to convert them into either users of our platform that care about the shows that they used to watch that they no longer have access to. Um, that's now on demand content and we can give them a little bit more like the Mandalorian. So if you're a star Wars nut, like I am, that's a big thing for you. If, if you, if you just enjoy old school Disney content, like I was so, I'm kind of disgusted with the live action, uh, Lion King movie. So for me, I was like, nah, fam. Going back to watch the, the original <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. joint. So so Disney really has 
become true partners with Twitter because they've understood the value proposition. We don't have to pitch to them anymore. It's more so, what do you need and how can we mm-hmm. make it happen for you? And what they tell it as execution against that for the, the Disney Plus is Disney Plus, um, many you might have saw it when they when they said Disney Plus is coming tomorrow or whatever. Cards of mind. Yeah, so they had like a minute or two minute mm-hmm. ad of like all this all this nostalgia. Um, they had a thread that they ran on the platform that threaded all of the Disney content that was going to be on the platform, and so yeah, they were and, responding. Uh, yes, and yes. so people were like, "Oh, that's going to be on there. Oh, smart guy going to be on there. Oh, we got you know what I'm saying? All these different things that people were like again playing on nostalgia, like oh." Let's look at the demographics. Millennials are about to take over the workforce. We have the content of their childhood. Yeah. How do we capitalize on this? It makes all the sense. I would also say like the Disney Plus thing is interesting because they're probably one of the few providers that has content that addresses the generational Mm -hmm. gap, right? Yeah. So you have like for people who are parents now and they're going back like, oh man, like Little Mermaid was yes. shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? And then the it's like, yeah. Did you guys see that, the, like the little disclaimer that they had about like the racist, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, oh, cartoons and yeah, stuff. I can't yeah, remember the name yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, but they like put like they a, said a they watched tiny, some of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They said they they tried to watch some of that stuff before they put it's it on. Terrible. the um, yeah, it's for the for the kids and, and but for the to bridge that gap, there is a level of connectivity that yeah. allows you, especially as we're becoming parents as a generation, mm-hmm. like connecting that gap and having the accessibility for all of this stuff has been amazing. Facts. And if you want to learn more about that, you can just just go Google Disney Plus Super Threat. Super Threat. Yeah, and it's a few. On it. Um, another big piece for me was actually presented by um, an agency called The Marketing Arm, um, which I think did an amazing job. An example I'm going to give isn't by The Marketing Arm, but 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 I think the concept was was from them. Um, so the, the Marketing Arm talked a lot about which something I've talked about for a while is so there 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 is a kind of um, so the agency model is a bit out of whack in some senses of of like. Agreed creativity like you're forcing them to be as creative as possible but they're they're held by these big major corporations who are driving profitability and like me forcing creativity and you forcing profitability within it and me forcing you to cut your costs because i'm driving profitability and every year we're asking you to do it for cheaper Mm -hmm. it's just it it doesn't all work in the same direction Mm -hmm. um with that we also talk about creating content very much from a lot of people, not not we, but just like in general, um, talk about making content from a brand centric point of view. So I have this this you know, brand. It provides X Y Z, and I want to communicate that out to whatever consumer. Um, opposite way of thinking about it would be kind of getting that consumer's story and and how do I support it? And the question was like, how do you better support creators out there and the stories that they want to to do and and funding that. And I actually think um, J&J actually has an amazing example of that that our corporate equity team did. Um, there's a 5B documentary about nurses in the the um, day of when AIDS first hit the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, we totally funded that documentary. Um, Tom Hanks was on it. It, it. it was like a really, really big production. Yeah, still- we funded it. And at the end of the day, we ended up actually selling it and netting out um, wow. Wow. the money. Wow. So so it, it paid for itself, got got cans got you know all this really really yeah really really dope shit um but like we uh were able to kind of support a story that was out there um versus us forcing our message and mind you this is also in a corporate equity group so there's not a pnl the same way like a a brand will have so it's it's a different situation but 
um, how do we kind of do more of starting with creators and mm-hmm. the stories that consumers want to hear versus what we want to talk about? Yeah. I think P&Ls ruin creativity on some level. You know, I think there's an aspect of having that brand affinity and understanding the climate um, of that time and being able to, to paint that picture allows for for some affinity to be built as to what J&J was doing during that time. Right. I mean, it, we were all really young. So I think yeah. there's an aspect mm-hmm. of that, that that definitely hits home. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm glad they were able to do that and see through that and, and decide to move forward. It, it also starts with understanding, you know, what your brand is mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. right? Because I think what happens now is that you have a lot of brands who will see what are the trends that are going on, what are the things, and then there's somebody at the top that just says, we need to go do TikTok, like whatever. Like yeah. they're just like trying to like, is on you know what I mean? But at the same <laughs> yeah, time, exactly. it's like, right. okay, if you already know what your brand is, when you enter TikTok, you can do it through the point of view of what, how, you know, what the brand actually Absolutely. is. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times you have marketers who are just kind of trying to get on to the next big thing without even doing the really hard work, which is digesting like, yo, what is your brand and what do you represent and what do you want to say to the world? And then when you enter into other spaces, it all makes sense. Yeah. You Does that medium I mean? even like land with what your brand exactly. goal is? And yeah. that's not something that brands think about. They think, you know, the more the merrier. And it's like, yeah. no, sometimes it doesn't make sense for your brand to be on some platform. So yeah. that's a very you know good point. I mean? It's like, that's why I like the example that you just used because it's perfect for, for your brand. Mm-hmm. You know what right. I mean? And it's mm-hmm. like, that makes perfect sense for you to tell those type of stories and go into that depth. Whereas a lot of people would be like, oh, here's the conversation all mm-hmm. happened around this. Like, how do we become a part yeah. of that? It's like, it's not even a conversation it's not you your can lane. be Chill. Yeah. There's you know a lot I mean? of amazing creators out there that just need resources. Yeah. Facts. Right. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the resources. Um, so another piece was um, actually presented by Warner Media. Uh, and they talked about, or and when I say what they talked about, I'm trying to tell you what I took away. Um, but I think we struggle with long form content for two reasons. Um, as marketers, one, the process of creating it is just a mind fuck. Like, you, yeah. like, what, what am I creating? Like yeah. 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 What am I creating? How, how, what's the process? I, I don't know what I need to do outside of my, my, my value proposition. And then also the second piece is like kind of KPIs and like, how am I actually measuring this and how is it actually driving, um, success? Um, and they actually, uh, I thought they gave really, really good um, three examples of kind of different ways of approaching it that, that were successful and had different um, success metrics. Um, so one was documentary style. Um, and they did a, a, an, an amazing kind of documentary, documentary style, um, I guess, long form content with a best co QQQ, um, which was about this 13 year old black kid who was developing his own clothing line. Um, it got so big that they started getting earned in media. He was invited on Fox News, which mm-hmm. is a competitor of Warner Media. Mm-hmm. Um, and, <laughs> and, the irony, yeah, because <laughs> because one of Warner Media's biggest arms is Turner, based in Atlanta, yeah. exactly. same as Investor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting. That's interesting. Exactly. So so they got earned media behind that. Um, <clears throat> another example was experiential. So Hulu actually activated um, leading up to the third season of. Um, Handmaid's Tale, The Handmaid's Tale, mm-hmm. um, they realized that there was an inequity in terms of statues in New York. So there's 150 statues in New York, five for women, mm-hmm. um, another 145 for men. Wow. So, wow. <laughs> Harry Tubman is one of them in Harlem. Yeah. So what they so good. Tie back. So so what they did. Black History Month. Boom. 
<laughs> There's also the the first gynecologist in um in Central Park who experimented on black women slaves. But we won't get into that. Didn't know about that. Ooh. Yeah, that I said Harry really Tubman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> something I know about. <laughs> because apparently black women don't feel pain. Yeah. But we oh, won't go right. through oh, this. It's a whole yeah. thing. It's a whole, it's a whole yeah. thing. Um, I actually have some. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what they did was they erected um, 140 mirror statues and um, women's silhouettes so that women could go up and see themselves in the statue form. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, and I couldn't find this online, but what they tell it was Central Central Park actually put up a new statue of a woman um, that they had said they weren't going to do initially and did it as a result of this campaign. And they ended up nationalizing the campaign. Um, and then the third piece, which is a little less exciting, but um, ASICS um, did a piece of content. The shoe and, company. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was this, this guy who was probably middle aged, um, kind of not overweight, but bigger. Um, he was training for a marathon, mm-hmm. um, and kind of went through his journey of tra- training for a marathon. But at the end of the, 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 the piece of content, you could actually buy every piece of clothing he was wearing and it drove mm-hmm. the sales. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. so you had sales driving, you had, you know, this earned media where it'd be like a woman statue in, um, in Central Park or Fox News picking mm-hmm. up this kid. Um, and like how they drove success in those ways. Hmm. Comprehensive. Yeah. Very different than the, the ROAS we think of like a five second ad. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, no, no other thoughts. What was, this was, this was, this was, this was the brand story. I mean, like working in like trying to do the podcast at the same time. Oh. This is, this is the brand storytelling. Huh? This is brand storytelling. Yeah. Brand storytelling conference. That's Sunday. Okay. <clears throat> um, that's interesting I, I, I would say that we the one thing about Twitter that I respect is there's an aspect of uh, storytelling that we try to we, we try to root most campaigns based on the behavior of how people are reacting to the content right. on the platform right. and I think that that's usually the best tell for things that's gonna hit and mm. so I really appreciate my thing is I I respect there there's a data point that they used to pick those campaigns to lean into. And I think yeah. for me I'm trying to figure out where and what that data point was to tip them off to say this is where we place our bet. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Um and that that's why it's interesting to me, right? Because the statues conversation, there's a conversation we've had, you know, generals in the south, X, Y, Z, blah blah blah. But um I think it's interesting that they took yeah. that angle. And I, think the, and I think the data point, if I'm just going from what, from what I felt and heard, um, the, the audience told them that and they didn't have that cut necessarily. Mm, okay. So mm-hmm. I think the, the, um, the women's statue thing, they had as a one-day activation. It popped off. Ended and got some in media. Yeah. They, the way they phrased it is they called them and said, hey, don't throw away those statues. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold them mm-hmm. and we're going to figure out how to scale it. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with the kid. I think the kid was just like a a cool little thirteen year old black kid who mm-hmm. did some really good content, mm-hmm. and he started popping off. And they're yeah. like, mm-hmm. he got it on Fox News, and I'm like, okay, well, let's get a billboard in Times Square, and they put a billboard in Times Square. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah. so I think they, they doubled down when the, the the audience was reacting to it. And, yeah, and it's also just the power earned media. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Like a lot of times, like everyone thinks that paid media is the only way that you can garner attention. It's like if you can do one thing, like you just said, it was one a re- day. A retweet that earned media going to grow. <laughs> yeah, you know what I real. mean. So exactly. that's that's it's more real. valuable stuff you pay for. It's, it's, almost, it's almost like like not doing like what I call peanut butter marketing, right? You're not spreading Friend. your dollars mm-hmm. to so many trying to do. I mean, it's interesting because it's also like you're not doing traditional 360. You might yep. put all your eggs in one 
media basket. So you're not and supposed to hope be that on it's all gonna platforms. Trickle still. down to the other places that you Absolutely. wanted to um, deliver to. That's the biggest mistake that I think marketers make on a daily basis is they look at social media the same way they look at a cable mix. Like, and and they really should. I mean, they should actually look at it the same that they look at a cable mix. Like, I don't necessarily need to be on BET. I don't necessarily need to be on Snapchat. I need to go where the audience that resonates with me the most is, period. Yeah. yeah. But they look at social media like one big bucket and they're like, okay, I got to put money in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and whatever else, Pinterest and, and Snapchat. And yeah. it's like that might not be where your audience Very true. is. And you might not, <laughs> and you might not have the, the resources to do so. No. Right? You might not have the community management uh, support to act. You might not. And in that case, usually too. they're pretty judicious in terms of where they go because they don't have that much money. Right. But in the case of, you know, Google, which is like, you know, a crazy ad business, they're like, all right, well, just <laughs> throw money at it. <laughs> and I think it comes from a sentiment, from the client side of like, wanting to test and learn and figure it out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you don't want to be feel like you're missing something over here. That's fair. Um, but yeah. Uh, all right. So the, the next one uh, about influencer, which is my favorite and least favorite subject. I know, right? <laughs> I think that's all of our favorite the and least favorite, favorite, and least favorite facts. I've definitely become like the influencer guy, and I don't know how over the last year. Um, so full screen, amazing agency. I'll, I'll pop full screen real quick because they're, they're the ones who actually – Put me on this and full brought me out there full screen. A lot of Hulu people there. Yeah, are they? Some Not of anymore. our old colleagues. Not anymore. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, yeah. Really dope people. They actually got. Uh, <laughs> I went to Vivo. They got bought by. Went to Vivo. Yeah. Uh, uh, smaller, leaner agency, but got bought by, by AT and C. So What's the name of yep. uh, full full screen. They full got screen. Ba- oh yeah 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 full yeah, 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 yeah. They got bought by AT and T. Um, I think they're really really amazing at, at YouTube marketing. Um, mm-hmm. influencer in particular. Um. So what they were talking about was actually their their client um height oils um and and then the concept they're talking about is something we've actually talked about on this podcast before of like how do you take influencers and or or creators or like talent in general and make them less of a way to amplify your message and more of like the integral piece of the content development process and or the product development mm-hmm, process. Mm-hmm. So they used this guy named uh Tanner Fox or T Fox who is a high schooler and a car enthusiast. Um, and they were developing content with him, but also like brought him in a lot earlier to develop the content with them. Develop made his his celebrity like celebrity card, the card that that, that people know, um, a actual Hot Wheel. Made merchandise behind it. He became like an integral piece of like the Hot Wheel family. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and and today YouTube is apparently their number one sales driver for Hot Wheels. Wow. Um, wow. wow. Yeah, which is I think is insane and i don't know if that's media based or if that's just in general but like who cares either, that's amazing yeah Ryan, Ryan's <laughs> toys reviews on youtube is the the highest paid influencer yes really? yes so the kid that could be it oh, wow. yes oh, wow. the, the kid yep um damn we're doing this wrong uh, big wrong <laughs> big wrong um, <laughs> it's killing me but 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 i think just a huge piece of just kind of bringing that person in at an earlier stage to be a part of the process totally totally and i and i've worked with you know influencers done stuff with athletes and stuff like that and that's the number one thing that like marketers will get wrong is not bringing them in earlier in the mm-hmm. process of being like baby. hey we just came up with this idea and let mm-hmm. us pitch it to you mm-hmm. it's like nah you got to bring them in let what them do you create like? like what do you like what are the things you're into and that always leads to the best ideas so i I love that. Yeah, that I agree. That. But I think I also they have to be willing to provide time. Like yeah, I think sometimes they don't, like, I think, you know, working with, starting to work with a lot more artists, like, I think 
knowing up front of like their willingness to participate. Yeah. And well, two twofold, right? Their willingness to participate in an idea and their willingness to participate like on actually creating what that mm-hmm. idea is. Those are yeah. two different right. things. And yeah. right. it's, it varies artist to artist, influencer to influencer, yeah. and can dictate how things can go. Yeah. Whatever the artist can make it really their their own and work within like their own brand and their own identity. I think again, going back to your point, when when they're willing to really really collaborate, that's where, that's where it makes a difference. Is that like the time noise or mic or something? Like, like, <laughs> nah, he cooked on something. You won't post it. I hate y'all. Um, <laughs> so the, the last our listeners pe- have mics or have Max. They know. The last piece is around um, RYOT, um, which is part of Verizon Media, who actually is, is, is who partnered with us, um, end up um, taking the, the 5B joint from um, mm-hmm. our Johnson Johnson mm-hmm. Corporate Equity. Um, but what they talked a lot about was around kind of VR and AR and letting that take that to the next level and within long-form content. Um, so they, they gave three really, really good examples. Um, the first one was one that we've actually talked about on this podcast, which was The Look. Ooh. Yeah. So, um, did they did they say great things about the look? No. So they didn't talk about the they didn't talk about the actual piece of the content. The look they talked about the I guess the two point oh three point oh version of it, mm-hmm. uh, where they actually created a piece of content which was virtually like a music video that started off very generic of everybody kind of looking the same, and it continues to get more and more diverse. And as it gets more diverse, it becomes like more exciting, um, and it's, and it is kind of showing the the blandness of everybody being the exact same versus the diversity and how it kind of becomes more enjoyable and it's said through a VR experience. Mm-hmm. Um what, which, like Project X Dial? Like huh? Um like No, <laughs> not quite. More more like That's how I would have liked this right? people just come yeah. through like, oh, more like a oh, couple of people on like some club couches and <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. And everybody's like it white men at first and then it makes not. sense that y'all partner. Y'all Baskin Ridge, New Jersey people. Y'all <laughs> <laughs> walk down the street. Hey Verizon, you trying to do something? <laughs> <laughs> makes sense run that <laughs> um the next piece was actually on um little dickies um i heard that name in a long time i know did y'all see little dickies earth video nope no nope. last thing i, I saw it was with chris brown it was That's kind of dope the I song was, the song was cheesy but the video was good um so it was all about like sustainability and mm. and kind of like protecting the earth okay um but he's, he's start- the right person to do it yeah if you're gonna pick somebody so he starts off real very he starts off in reality and goes into cg uh and basically they talked about how they created that cg experience based on uh what in my head goes to when you see like people like preparing for madden or, or nba 2k and they have like all the dots hooked up to them oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so as opposed to like going and creating a little dicky in cgi i got you they could just create like, hey, do these movements and do this, and then we can, yeah. yes, okay. yes, okay. So okay, you can I like make that make that content a lot faster. That's upstream, wow. yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Um, and then the third piece they did South the Black History Month uh, was actually the March on Washington. Um, so there is a new experience that's dropping this year. I know about this, yeah, because they asked Blackbirds to partner, but the bread was like crazy. <laughs> yes, and so it was it's an experience AR experience. Around Dr. King's "I Have a Dream" speech, mm-hmm. oh, and wow. it's like you're at you're the in speech. DC wow. and you're like there. Wow! And if this doesn't bring you to tears, it's like it's it's powerful. That's crazy. If we have wow. more house guys in the room, it's like yeah. wait, who's leading this? Time, uh, I want to say. No, it's so it's so it's actually uh well I don't know what who they're partnering with, but it's R Y O T as a part of Uprising Media. Yeah, R-Y-O-T. Mm. and it's like 
Wow. It's advanced tech. It's enough to make you, it's enough to make you rethink everything you ever had to deal with in in a history class. Wow. Because mm-hmm. instead of telling you about D Day, my G, like we gonna put you, you there. Yeah. You. yeah. Instead how, of what was the about, what was the fee or, or like the, the sponsorship uh, it was, fee? It was, it was like three million. Wow. Something I mean, think about how much they paid for licensing. Yeah. Too. And, and, oh, yeah. Because yeah, they had to yeah. talk to the, the King they Center to, down yeah. in Atlanta. They had to and his daughter and the whole estate in order to do it. But they but they did get the sign off. And a lot of the experience is curated based on the videos that they had in their possession, obviously, because it's a part mm-hmm. of the estate. So wow. um, that's super dope, though. Like amazing. If you get a chance to go check this out. Where's you this will not be disappointed. I don't even know where they're going to keep it because I know when they came to I think it's rotating. Early, I think yeah. it's going through different That museums. makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. They, I think they're going to start with the one in D.C., the, the natural, natural that would be amazing. Museum for African American History yeah. and Culture. National. Is it natural? Um, yeah, <laughs> natural. Na- sorry. natural black, Na- history. natural black, <laughs> yeah, natural, all natural, all natural, juices <laughs> and berries. <laughs> oh man! All right, but well, it's episode. Um, where are we? Twenty, twenty, twenty-two, twenty-two, twenty-two. Oh man, and I'm really proud of this team. We we knocked out three episodes in one day. <laughs> we did. The people don't know that. The audience but now, but now know they that. know. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Now they know. Now they know. The they can just hear as the energy goes down with them. <laughs> the audience has been holding on for a new episode for two months. For yeah. so no, we a whole year. Got three of them. We'll get them to them. We'll get them to them. Yeah, we'll give it to you. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to episode 22 of the Marketing Misfits. I am Mike Summers. Jeff McHenry. Ryan Chappelle. Stu Cornelius. I'm Yes. <laughs> Yes, 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 you are. are. (laughs) It's a shame the way you mess around with the man. It's a shame the way you hurt me. It's a shame. Way you mess around with your man I'm sitting all alone By the telephone Waiting for your call Sitting alone by a telephone is just so depressing